to the podcast, everyone. I am your host, James. It's another episode of the Polarized Podcast, the movie about polarizing movies, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And we are wrapping up our sequel extravaganza as summer has wrapped up as well. Uh, we are doing a monster bash. There's multiple monster bashes. They bash, they kick, they gnaw, they bite, they laser, they blazer, they flame, they heal, they uh, power up, they power down. These monsters do it all. The critics did not care for it, though. They said, nay, 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 we give a 42 stinky, stinky, doo doo 42 to this movie. Even though they liked the first one, they say no to the second. Uh, they come back around later in the franchise. But checking in with the audience here, we got a pretty spicy 83%. Because uh, I just know you guys love those numbies, so we got to get that out of the way so we can have all the fun. Uh, just like they just power through the beginning of this movie with a lot of oh. stuff. And so then you just have all the fun with the battles. Um, before I get into the movie, though, it is not me monologuing as I am prone to do sometimes uh, when you get me get me going about anything related to dinosaurs. Uh, and there's some dinosaur looking things in this movie. Uh, that's what I call them. Dinosaur looking things. Um, I haven't figured it out. Uh, they're Titans. It's the world of Titans now. Thanks to Monarch. Uh, it's a whole world. They built it out. I'm so excited to discuss it because what else would I do after a movie like this? Just sit and have to ponder like I did last time, the first time I watched it, because I don't remember talking to anyone about this movie, but I don't, not sure many people saw it. Um, and I don't know if it was as successful as the first one. I was about to bring someone in. Let's bring him in. If there was a good, a Godzilla to my Kong or vice versa, <laughs> I don't know which one is which he would be it. It's the great Brandini. Versus yes, the forever yes, guest. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. Let's go. Kaiju. Yes, kaiju. Yes, kaiju. Yes, kaiju. Yes, yes. Oh, I am excited to talk about a kaiju movie, man. Because yeah, it's just so fun. We, you know, both of us have been playing um, Armored Core and the way that Armored I would describe, Core. Describe Fires of is, Rubicon. Fires of Rubicon is like and then like a and then like yeah, yeah, and then, yeah totally a lot of that some, stuff some of the like, it's just so tight to watch shield activated ammo 50 percent ap 30 percent it's i i was i was going to love this movie i think i was thinking about it just regardless to a degree because of the history that i have with this type of movie sure. um so I don't know about you, but weirdly, my dad had an, uh, at the house VHS copies of dubbed versions. No of way. Old, old school Godzilla. Cool. It was something that I had grown up with is Godzilla. And my because and, and it's just why I say it's funny that my dad owned it is because he got such an enormous kick out of how bad the dubbing is because this sure. <laughs> like the, the old school Godzilla is a, such a like stereotypical example of like people's mouths would move. And then uh -huh. what they would say would like start after their mouth stopped moving or obviously like their lips and their, and what they're saying have 
n- don't match whatsoever. Like a lot of like kung fu movies and, and stuff to you at the time. Absolutely. Probably. But I was absolutely enthralled with it sure. because it is very cool that there's this giant monster having battles with other monsters. Like it's hard for that concept not to be kind of fucking cool. Like I, I, you know, we could maybe point out some movies that are like, do it poorly. Oh, well, I mean, now that you bring that up, that brings me into my history, which is embarrassing, but I didn't have a, have a cool, well, my dad was cool in many other ways, but he was not a a (laughs) old school uh, Godzilla guy. Uh, but we, he did take me to go see the great 1998 Matthew Broderick helmed film, uh, Godzilla in theaters at the age of eight when I saw it. And I thought it was the coolest, fucking coolest fucking thing ever. Like I know people don't like that movie and I realize now Um, it's not, it's not a great representation maybe of the great esteemed Godzilla character. And there's many other movies that people would point to. Uh, but that was my introduction, and I'm sure it introduced a lot of young American boys to Godzilla at that time in 1998. And I had a fucking great time. And I remember walking out of that theater like, fuck, the egg hatched. There's another Godzilla there, and they're going to make a sequel. And I kept on waiting for that sequel. And I just like realized later in my life, that you know, those movies that you thought were so great. And you're like, oh, that's why there wasn't a sequel. That's a yeah. It's a it's really not that, it's not great, as good as I I hoped it. It's was. a great example of a movie that it was enthralling as a young person because of the very simple bare bones concept of it. But then as yeah. an adult, you revisit and you go like, "Where is what is this saying?" Like you know, kind of meat and potatoes of a mm-hmm. human existence and condition and emotion. Oh, and, and like the, what does that have to do? And, and the marketing and the toys and all of that stuff just worked so well. I remember the Taco Bell commercial was was a blo- like I don't know oh, it was like playing wine. Sure. It was always so fun. That was when the Chihuahua was was sitting there with the trap. I think he says we're going to need a bigger box. Yo, Kira, Taco oh, Bell. Wow. Sort of. He does the Jaws thing. We're going to need know, a so- bigger box. He's got a it's little box the- with a taco there, and he thinks Godzilla's going to go for it. Because <laughs> in that movie, they use, that's one of the plot points, is they just lure him with a big pile of fish. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb movie. <laughs> what a stupid movie. So, again, looking back on it, because you know what's so funny, too, is I just think about how like weird and gross it is, too, that is very like alien-esque. And it just, I, yeah, there was a lot of concepts in the that Matthew Broderick version of Godzilla that could be cool but again yeah after you realize that all the characters suck and um godzilla doesn't really fight anybody all it is is the whole movie is the lead up to godzilla existing and then there's a little bit of destruction but it's relative well especially for this movie (laughs) relatively minimal and they make him look like like a dinosaur essentially it's really a dinosaur it's like doesn't look like the classic kind of the classic like like the the structure like the 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 posture (laughs) and it's more hunched over like a velociraptor kind of like jurassic parky in in the 1998 one and just so much overblown cgi and everything and like helicopter chases through the buildings and and shit like that and just like this humor that uh from my memory i just didn't didn't play super well and then it they put it to rest for such a long time and then cut to and i and i went for it and i revisited uh the first one in this franchise of of movies the godzilla of 2014 i believe it is is when that one came out with aaron taylor Taylor johnson the gareth evans is that his name gareth evans yeah uh and uh 
Yeah, it's funny. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen are husband and wife in that movie, and then and they play brother and sister in a different movie. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of oh, funny. Okay. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Um, but <laughs> yeah. just yeah, comparing even that one to this the first Godzilla in this franchise, and even this one to that that one you know the that one is uh the 2014 godzilla i keep on doing this and that but the 2014 godzilla is so serious and like no no laughs really in that movie like at all die and it's a big deal and there's so much build-up to even revealing godzilla in full form and having you know a sing more of a singular battle near the end there's some there's some other stuff where there's some destruction and but they're kind of shying away from it and they're showing the more boots on the ground approach of of this Mm. the terror and and of the lead the lead up and fallout of a of a monster existing and um the the characters are characters are very you know are much deeper uh even though you know the yeah brian cranston is still it catches you off guard how unceremoniously kind of is uh, taken away 45 minutes into the movie and how similar he kind of is to Kyle Chandler in this movie was kind of like seeing it next to each other. Maybe, I mean, as, as the relationship between him I and Vera played out that, you know, couldn't be done with maybe with his character, but it was just something that was like, Oh, well, yeah, he was studying this, these, uh, what you call it? The, uh, sonar stuff. And that was like, that was a big thing that Brian Cranston was saying when leading up to the, Godzilla attacks was just like, oh, there's like this, there's these, you know, beasts communicating each other with sonar. And that's what's going on with the nuclear power plant and and everything. But very serious movie, very like dour and uh, but also great and interesting in a in a different way that doesn't hit the same notes that a lot of these movies do. And, um, you know, even generic as they may be, this one does those things very well all the globe trouting all the all the quips all the more like michael bay like one-liner sort of stuff that's all in this movie and in the first one yeah it's just it's just more of like a a self-serious restrained very like gray and black uh hard to hard to see at times but also looks fucking amazing like it's really it's shot really well and i think that like him as a director uh has a really Mike, great Michael eye. Dougherty. Well, Gareth Evans. I was Jeff. just kind of just running through oh. the fir- first one for. I just that whole oh. scene of, and it's in that trailer as well. It's just a great trailer, great trailer for this movie too. But in the first one, where it just shows the guys parachuting down with the red uh, smoke on their on their feet and everything, and the the soundtrack and score leading up to that is very choral. There's and they bring that over to this one with like the yeah kind of a choir kind of doing those like primal chants. Love it. Love all that stuff. But yeah, I just wanted to give a little like uh, background as as to my like revisiting that one. Did you catch that one in theaters? I remember there's a lot of hype for that. And for some people, I remember there was a little bit of a letdown for like, oh, not enough battles, not enough uh, Godzilla. And my Godzilla movie was more about the forget those monsters. Like it's a pair. It's a male and female on that one. I, it just, you know, I, I agree with you a lot about the tone and the objective of the first one, but I think it's just such an interesting, like, result and culmination of how movie franchises have developed over the years. And there's a lot of 
like some of the better parts of them being represented in this franchise where they set the first one up with the intention really seeming on being there being a second one really having the forethought which like the monsterverse for better or for worse like so many of these major studios have been trying to create these you know uh cinematic universes and the most successful versions of it are always the one that don't course correct to include that they just mm. set out from the get-go to have that mm-hmm. and i think that this movie benefits from them understanding that this is how it's going to go like really kind of seeing the success of well it's like it's almost not success but like proof of concept is it's like let it let us introduce with the, this new type of Godzilla, let us introduce this new type of King Kong and seeing them be successful and understanding that there is an end to and having that in the background, but testing them out. It's almost like to me, the idea of like with Dune is that they technically didn't have the second one green lit, mm-hmm. but they were going to do it it like they had the story planned out obviously and then based on the success of it it then easily greenlit the second and then they Mm -hmm. went into production and i think that it is ends up creating such a better product when you are like here is the story i would like to tell over multiple movies even though that is very like um you know, uh, ballsy or to do that, I'm sure in Hollywood to pitch like, uh, you know, not only am I pitching a movie, but I'm in pitching a whole entire franchise, which I'm sure it probably gets picked up pretty easily given the state of things. But nonetheless, like it is also too interesting how much of a product the first one is and King Kong as well of like boots on the ground is what's interesting to people and then there needs to be also the really big, like the the Pacific Rim of it all. Or like to me, this is almost looking at Zack Snyder or Christopher Nolan is how we're going to do the characters. And then we're going to look at like a Michael Bay or a, um, a Guillermo del Toro for the big guys. And then just creating like a really interesting like homage and hybrid between the two and having it be relatively successful. Another thing, too, is this reminds me so much of Matt Reeves as well, like him coming into doing the um, the, the Planet Batman. of the Apes franchi- franchise. And he's the and Batman going, guy, like, right? And he's the Batman Planet guy. of the Apes is a good example, too, for sure. Yeah, like those should not work as well as they do. Right, exactly. But I think there is a really great understanding of the balance, like. God, there's just so many things. I'm sorry, like flying through my mind too. Because oh like, no, I this, yeah. this all this also too is like a really kind of great analog to um to James Cameron coming into or like how he would make a second version is is that you have mm-hmm. your like uh what Ridley Scott did the first Alien mm-hmm. and then him having this very character driven smaller picture that tack, totally. that yeah. introduces a big idea but then the second one coming in and going like okay perfect so you set up that there's the, that this is how the world operates now we're going to just give people this really like a massive 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 scale of a movie mm-hmm. like it's so crazy to just see these battles unfold because they're like 
taken over a whole like island or like a side of a continent it feels like and they're just like uh, and they well establish like what the monster does and sets the and then and then they're off and we're off to the races it's it's really quite something where i was consistently being like wow whoa look at this like yeah. fuck we're just whoa i'm getting this is what crazy. i wanted yeah, like, man, these but, are they're, these monsters are going at it, and right. the thing I I think this franchise has unassumedly like, or maybe in my own mind, I've seen all the movies, but I didn't just think about it until doing this podcast as much as like, wow, as a whole, they're doing a good job with this franchise. Like, <laughs> damn, like, and because I, I watched that first one and leading up to this, this is one, what we it's want, like, right? <laughs> I love how. And I see why comic books work well for this too, but I love how open-ended it can be, but you can tell singular stories within, within the universe or whatever. And these are, yeah. I mean, how Godzilla is, you don't him as a character, you know, he's just a, he's a force of nature. He's not as much a a character. So him moving and changing. It's not like he says anything. Yeah. But I just, (laughs) I love, I love how we understand his point of view, but we kind of do some knowing, but uh, we kind of have his point of view that he's trying to create balance. If, if, if I understand things mm -hmm. correctly, like that's the force he is. No, I just, I, I think it's great how, they could have ended the first one and, and it still would have been great. They could have ended it. They could end it this one and still be fine. Or aliens. These are all like, like all, and then like you and Kong skull, Kong skull Island. You can end it there. You're, you're fine as, as well. Like I love you can take movie. each of these. And if you just watch even any of them on their own, you would get it. You could watch Godzilla versus Kong and be like, this is fun. I get it. I didn't need to watch the other ones. And I think that's very special within, within this franchise. And I think what you gave, are good examples, but also within those examples, a lot of them hinge, some of them at least hinge upon the first one to see and understand and everything. These are so fun. Yeah. Re- regardless. And to be able to take, to take like a new cast of characters each time and mm-hmm. approach this and Kong skull Island, Kong skull Island is a, you know, awesome a period piece and, and, you know, a whole set of new characters and campy as shit and done in a way that's not uh contrite, like, like contrived in a very uh manufactured contrivance sort of way um but this one has has some great camp too there's some there's some stuff sometimes it gets a little much a little much (laughs) and some the humor doesn't land really uh super well uh and they didn't have that in the first one they have in this one it doesn't really work super well but you kind of want some of that to know that you're like i can have we can have fun here like oh my god the door is open yeah like the guy from, on in i need i need to know that actor's name but the guy from billy madison the villain in, in billy madison says a lot of quippy stuff with the glasses and the gray hair uh-huh. and him and uh it was a gen and i don't know with his they, they have kind of a back oh. and forth oh Some you're, uh, you're talking okay. about bradley whitford bradley yeah, whitford but, his stuff yeah. works okay on me because he's he he's a son of a bitch and i outrageous in this movie he yeah, he's on is not level. taking anything seriously yeah it gets like, a little much he, sometimes for sure. like if anything he, there's no stopping him because you know, he, like you said, he's the villain in Billy Madison, but he's also <laughs> a main character on West Wing, right. which is just a yes. absolutely revered show mm-hmm. like that, especially for people who write movies now. Like if you were to take a writer for a current IP, whatever, 
if you were to ask them how do you feel about west wing they would probably love it they would oh sorkin like, oh yeah it's, I love this is sorkin. what inspired me to get into making this movie that we're talking about mm-hmm. and so to have bradley whitford in there is like a homage and understanding of like what he's bringing to the table and understanding the importance of somebody who is going to deliver those snarky like yeah lines so incredible yeah and i think it's almost a similar performance in like cabin in the woods when he's been in like the control panel uh Mm -hmm. just like making quips with richard jenkins and uh richard jenkins is another yeah and that's some of that's and it's like it doesn't land every time but it's but it's it's fun to know that you can have fun talk about who Charles dance. I want to get a, yeah. Get on the dance. Yeah. Dance I mean, that, that brings us into the, the opening scene with, uh, moth, the, the, with Mothra and, and all of, all of that stuff and him storming in, uh, bad dude oh. immediately. Cause he kills a guy. Yeah, actually, you know what? This is since it's been just a little bit before, you know, since I've seen this before recording this, can you tell, can you open us up with plot of where we're at? Uh, into the Charles dance of it all. Well, yeah, sure, because it's it starts with a like almost a a bat a Batman versus Superman opening of Ben Affleck like I was there on the ground when you were fucking taking down those buildings and it's the same with Kyle Chandler and Vera and uh, little Millie Vera Bobby Brown awesome. are I like, like Chandler great Kyle casting. Chandler too yeah I love casting. those I love so many of the actors in this movie man like yeah dude. Uh, for what does he say bear life. kisses or bear hugs or whatever give her bear kisses that whole like kisses, little yeah. scene of them like oh this is fun chemistry they got it absolutely uh so it shows like they were there on the ground they saw godzilla godzilla is instrumental in the death of their son um which tore apart their family led him to drink and and then to get a divorce uh millie bobby brown is now with vera in china at one of the monarch facilities um studying and gestating a uh, a pupa if you <laughs> a larva uh-huh yeah absolutely. Of, a, of a mothra and it's, they it, and they it, do it, that thing and where it's a the blofeld thing a little bit in uh skyfall or whatever where it's um or specter sorry specter where it's like James. <laughs> I know. I'm so, I'm riffing here. <laughs> Out of everything. I don't <laughs> fucking I was gonna get it. I was gonna correct myself. If you gave Out me two everything. seconds, it started with an S. I'm just <laughs> No, it's okay. He's good. The fucking just, Brandini just, has already got sharpening the pitchfork. I saw him. <laughs> it's it's the one thing for people that don't know who are listening to this podcast is, is that James I was, Bond is like is our shit so hardcore and so that's all the only reason i'm the author of your pain <laughs> you were like a what is it a kite dancing dancing um where were yeah so anyways <laughs> this is like i am ernst Stavrel blofeld and you're like you're supposed to be like oh fuck that means something and they do the same thing where it's like it's Mothra and like, whoa. And, and it's like, I mean, oh, I know yeah. that everybody it's like, it's, but it's, no, they it's might as well just look right down the lens of the camera and be like, Hey, we got it. It's fucking Mothra. Um, and I'm then that so happens like five more times in the movie where, um, that I do like that. I know all the names by the end of the movie. That's what I'm saying. Cause but there is, the it's done, time, it's done better. Like, 
than others. Like, I don't know, specimen one or some bullshit like that. And I'm like, just call it gear Ghidra. <laughs> I like the little bit of like discovery rather than like, ah, it's fucking cool. Cool name. Right. Give it right to you. Uh, especially for a newer, newer fan. I mean, I know Mothra, but it is eventually becomes, um, the girl from rush hour Two, um, Zhang Z or Zhang. Uh, yeah. she it's pretty much her job to tell everybody's names and she, yeah, sometimes it's better than others where it's like, Oh, it's the, the people here in this uh, village call it the great, uh, Radam, you know, I like that. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot too. Cause yeah, then it's like a, you know, it's a, a, it's like part of folklore and within the different, which is, there, parts oh, of the world I love that it's all world like building too. based on real movie, gods yeah. of lore of the, of when, humanity right. was was ancient and the fact that it is like whatever not specimen zero whatever like fucking titan yeah. zero yeah titan, titan zero, a maybe. yeah yeah uh <laughs> and then when you finally oh king Ghidorah, oh he's a false king like all that stuff is rad and then it's like so ken sad. watanabe's job to end the first and second one just to kind of stare off and be like whoa and they, and because of ken watanabe we get it both ways we get godzilla and Godzilla. yes i do it means so much to me when i hear him and when i hear i'm like oh what a way to have your cake and eat it too and it go down so smooth uh, this i know this was later in the movie but did you notice what happened to his assistant because she just disappeared at some point no i don't she was there at like the trial thing and then they take off and she was there for a bit after and then like at the end he's like giving the stuff to Zhang and I'm like what about his assistant <laughs> oh okay, she like cool. worked under him the whole first movie and the, the big first half of the, I was like I didn't remember like a death scene when like I figured she should be there of like okay bye we I had so many so much <laughs> memories I just watched the first one so that's I mean, that's probably why but, but she was in a little bit of this one too that even just the lowest level employee, you're coming up to them and going, "Who are you? Hey, who are you?" She was instrumental in the ta- in in the first one and in, in everything that that came after, and then she just disappeared. I don't know. It's uh, oh my god, these characters like Brian Cranston. You know, uh, we also get introduced to wave to Millie Bobby Brown with wave and mutilation. That was I know shows how yes. cool she is. I know, God, yeah, she's so cool, right? And um, kind of a wave of mutilation is kind of emblematic of, of the movie. I know. Because right, of all the yeah. radiation. <laughs> <laughs> and all the destruction. Yeah. And then I said, he's... what did I say? DJ soundboard. Oh, that's when I first, she pulled out the orca and she was like, and then got her, got Mothra back down to, to earth. And then I start, you start seeing the crash zooms, a little bit of the crash zooms start to come out. Of like this the, movie oh god this movie also benefits so much that so like so many of the scenes are at night a lot so yes a lot of it is at night and, and like snow you can just the monster water can come out of like a blackness or some type of 
like a background and just appear like you are on a like a ride at Universal Studios or something. It just is so much of your like as the audience member experiencing the monsters is here is this character you watch walk out to the monster and then you get a zoomed out perspective of how small that person is with the monster and it just creates scale so incredibly well Definitely. that you can just understand that these monsters are enormous yeah i love that part of just it, oh, it only that. doesn't work I, when they do a little bit too many stare downs in this movie where they just they do yeah look at each other and it's just like trying to imagine like me looking at an ant it could right and i could they, i've seen an ant but i'm just wondering like be like oh yeah we're we're having a moment me and this ant <laughs> Right. Cause I mean, to your point is, is like, you're not looking at an end of like, whatever you're doing is also tied into my success as well. Yeah. I'm just a fucking, <laughs> yeah. I just working on instinct, baby. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the king. A, I'm a king. <laughs> um, so one of my first me. notes is uh, I have a crush on Sally Hawkins. So let's talk about her performance a little bit. How, how do that? you feel about Sally Hawkins is what character is um I think she's just so That's wonderful. the assistant. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Is, oh, that is the assistant. What do you Oh, oh my god, you're talking about the low-level employee and you don't even know who I'm talking about. Hers, yeah, Kim Watanabe's assistant, Dr. Vivian Graham is her character. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm uh, saying. Just, what happened to her? I mean, uh, yeah, no, she got smushed by Ghidra. Did she? I missed. How did I miss that? Yeah. Damn. She, because I was bummed out about it. <laughs> I, I, one of my, one of my notes was no, Sally Hawkins. She got smushed by Kendra. <laughs> must have been writing a note or some shit. At what scene? What scene was that? Like, oh, I just, and I'm sorry. I just couldn't consider her an assistant to anything. Right. Because every time she's on screen, I'm like, you are just, just captivating me. Cause she, I don't know. She, uh, yeah, she was in um, Shape of Water, and then right. she's also yes. in uh, Blue. What is it? Blue Jasmine. What's the? Uh, is that the Woody Allen? Not, not being it. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah, his movie. Uh -huh. And she, oh, she's so great in that too. And it's just she just has. Uh, oh, I just I love the way that she looks. I love the way that she acts because she just has yeah such a conviction, such an earnestness to her. She like is there, ready to play, getting into the weeds of like because it just it it must always be so weird as an actor doing a movie like this where your direction is is that there's this crazy mystical beast that's doing X Y and Z and you have to react to it and the way that she handles it is just always wonderful because she just brings a sense of like grounded, uh, like care. And, uh, yeah, it's just the best. Damn. I, I, I need to revisit and see it. I was, that's why I was, I must've just blacked out for a second. It's crazy. Um, it's okay. Um, rip. Uh, Sally Hawkins, man. Love her. And then Charles dance. So I brought that up. That's how we started. This movie like goes fast in like the first like 20 to 30 minutes. It's like pumping through like from the point where it's like establishing this new family and then they're separated there in uh, summer like the Vera and Millie are in China and he's studying wolves and then it just moves into the Mothra stuff so quickly 
they get kidnapped and it's already just like Kyle Chandler's like on the move to get them back. And they're already like giving Kyle Chandler a lot of information about like what's about to go down with all these Titans. And they there's there's 17 of them is they tell him at one time and Ken Wan. Yeah. yeah Ken Wanamity is like, yeah, we believe some of them are benevolent. Charles Dance is a British army general turned eco-terrorist restoring the natural order and he, <laughs> he used to traffic titan dna i was just like i was like duh, 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 duh. this is why i missed some of death i was like i want to get some of these details because what is going like who is this guy anyways can i just say though with charles dance like god do i love the choice of him being a villain because yeah. he's so scary mm-hmm. but i just I, i'm gonna be real like i don't you know because that's what this one about getting real good, about movies homies that's everybody come in if you want to get real um <laughs> get the hell out if you don't and if you don't want to get real <laughs> get the hell out of here um i feel like he was de- like noticeably underused yeah, and so you much get the feeling he's going to come he back just, like, and he doesn't. He disappears for like long stretches of this movie and you're like, what's uh-huh. Charles Dance up to? Yeah. Like, I want to understand like this whole plan that he has to like combat. So, because, okay, so this is also, let's, okay, let's. Because he doesn't come back. This, this, is, this is where the movie mind. has, where it falls apart a little bit is. There is this proposition that's happening is that boots on the ground, people are uh, people, on the almost, people on the streets uh, are welcoming these kaiju because they are going to level and create a balance. And Charles Dance is like this terrorist in the sense of like <laughs> uh, humanity has failed itself. And in order for us to see a revitalization, a resurrection, we need a a major course correction from the destruction. Course correction. Uh, We so yeah, like he's welcoming the monsters because government people are not going to wake up and listen and solve the problems that they need to so what's gonna so overpopulation war famine and other right. things of that matter do you need more slides i will show you in my powerpoint uh, oh let's add yeah, the powerpoint no we're not, um, there. We're not there. no <laughs> well okay you're right you're right we can jump around uh, <laughs> no, no 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 it's fine no let's st- let's stick to it because i want to walk through this so yeah i just i think charles dance is uh, like noticeably underused in this because he starts the movie off with a like terrorist plot that is affecting the main characters of this movie. And then it just takes the biggest and most noticeable like backseat. And then it just goes into like whatever the monsters are doing, uh, whatever Millie Bobby Brown is doing the movement of like Kyle Chandler and the whole team, like, and then you just completely forget about Charles dance and whatever the fuck he's doing for such a long. And whenever he does show up, he has this air of like, I know something you don't know. And even if, this doesn't work out exactly how I pl- how like plan A is going. I have like plan B and C or D that could totally work out fine. And that's kind of where we leave him as a character is like we have what we need. So whatever it's I'll just move on and maybe I'll come back another time. But he's constantly like looming 
but not really taking much action. And that leaves a lot on Vera's shoulders to do the back and forth of being bad and then good and to deli- deliver that monologue that we were, you know, I, I did just reference rather than Charles Dance to be more of like any of the brains, he really seems to be the muscle. But for to have to have him in charge, the dude just oozes, you know, wisdom and and brains, and that he does have a plan, uh, rather than just being, you know, a glorified bodyguard to what Vera's ideas are. And she doesn't seem as menacing at the same time, so it is kind of like a hard balance. Hmm. Do you find Bo- Millie Bobby Brown a good actress? Because there's a lot of this that I was really compelled by what she was doing. I th- there's moments where she's like crying and like getting involved in stuff that I thought was really good. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, to hold up against other people in scenes. And yeah, I don't know. Like, because there's an emotional core to this movie that is about a mother father daughter relationship that creates this emotional core about what is happening to people that are choosing sides on this like quote unquote war against like whether or not you're like on Charles dance's side or on kyle chandler's side and i honestly i think she handles it really well i think she does a good job and i'm you know kind of about Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, I think I think she there's a lot of scenes where it is really just what she's doing with her face and the disappointment and love and and frustration and despair of like a, a lot of people watching a lot of people die and knowing your mother your mother is instrumental in that and that gradual realization of that and then the disapproval uh after is like a good burn and then like there's a lot of scenes where she's reacting to nothing i'm sure just like a green screen ball or some guy in a in a suit or, or something like that and i think that has to be very difficult to uh have some sort of emotional connection or reaction to something that is just this twice the size of a skyscraper um and yeah that one point where she just screams back at King Ghidorah is pretty great. I thought that was a cool moment. <laughs> She's like, sure. But then it's also like, yeah, the three headed dragon is like all focus on this one, <laughs> uh-huh. one person. It was just like, yeah, me at an ant, just like, <laughs> and just the ant. Just like, <laughs> God, I love uh, but no, I, I think she's great. I, I enjoyed the, the, she's definitely grown so much as, as an actress and stranger things Four was, was really great and excited to see, see them finish that. And, whatever she else she does with her her career yeah i agree i'm sure sky's the limit i mean and it was funny when they like were trying to find uh when they were making this movie and they were doing conceptual stuff and um like cgi representations of what they wanted to do the director instructed the artist to use millie bobby brown as like the example even though she hadn't been cast or anything or they hadn't gone to that process so there's like this footage of you know her as like a cgi rendered character really terribly but just trying to get the Mm -hmm. point across of what the movie will be and then they eventually yeah approached her about it and uh 
it was cool watching some of the behind behind the scenes stuff. It, everyone said that she, yeah, she's very well spoken and wise beyond her years. That's what O'Shea Jackson said. Uh, it was just like she, O'Shea yeah. Jackson. That's a good poll. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was saying she's just very well well spoken, and he kind of blew his mind that she. I think she was only like thirteen when she made this movie. Um, she's That's talking insane. a lot about pranks on set. Oh my god! Her and the director and and Vero's Vero, I think, quote called her a little rascal. Whoa! And I'm like goofy and a goofball because she just yeah yeah. And I guess they were just having fun on set and doing she'd prank people and she'd get pranked back and stuff. So. That's good. I don't know. That's good. She's she's having fun at that age and having to, you know, do a, it is good. Do a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And yeah, to still be a kid, that's that's good. <laughs> you know, you do, that's 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 a lot to that's a lot to do to be on a, it's be on an a set insane every day and the stranger, all the stranger things stuff and all that pressure to, yeah. to do that at that age. Yeah. I mean, all of that is a testament well. that I think that she's going to be around in a force to be reckoned with for a long time. You know, so. and I and even though how you feel about this movie, because we had mentioned off mic, but I haven't looked at the numbers. This movie is obviously because we're talking about it is not heralded well by critics, but box office wise, I'm not quite sure where it stands up to the first one. But nonetheless, you know, her as a incredibly young actress not being hurt by this performance even though whatever people might say about this movie mm-hmm. she's not the problem if you have one with this right like she just stands out as no. being somebody that is um competent and is bringing exactly what she needs to yeah the, the heart table. of the movie yeah yeah and like they were the kind of the conscience almost and the dividing line between the mother and, and the father, which that's that's some of the rougher rougher stuff is is Vera's character, I, I think, is is a hard I, one to I, to grasp I, yeah. the full breadth of of who she is as a character and how it's portrayed a little bit. Uh it's a it's a I, I like the the road that they tried to go down with her, but it just wasn't super successful. And yeah, again, how it was it's, how it, was portrayed. It, it just but, doesn't make a lot of sense because nah. she she is on board with Charles dance to a degree, but then the it's her idea. Code, yeah. Right. It's her idea. I'm sorry. Um, because she is wanting a better future for mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown for MBB. And, but then what happens in the movie where she turns away from Charles dance because he isn't in alignment with what she wants is so like, the king no of the king Ghidorah like, thing. Oh, yeah, like of course. Ghidorah, Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yeah, Ghidorah. Yeah, that's it. Get, getting jiggy with it, Dora. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that stuff is the attempt to like bring her back at the end isn't worth it for me. I I would have preferred her just to go like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm bad. Was... Deal with it, baby. <laughs> I'm God, the... If she was just as bad as Charles dance or worse. Would... Yeah. That would be <laughs> that so much maybe. fun. Yeah. Then like a Charlie Theron like... and fast 10, you just kind of like that a little I bit more. Just, just like, oh, no, I'm just fucking bad. Yeah. Like, and I think it would almost be better for the franchise because like I, I agree with you, a problem that I have with this movie is how dumb her plan is because the, like 
one side of this movie and the Charles Dance side, just like how I preface how I think his stuff is really weak and that goes that applies too with uh Via Famerga stuff is it's so like they want this thing and then it quickly changes <laughs> once what you expect happens. Mm-hmm. So you're just like see are you guys all fucking idiots? Like, <laughs> like, which is a bummer because I love Charles Dance a fuckload and I love Via Fermerga or however you say her name a lot. Too. Yeah, definitely. They're both incredible actors, it's, but what their purpose and character is, is so like flimsy, flimsy, not fully fleshed out. It's like it's on stilts. Yeah. You know? It's very it's, like I think it's the King Ghidorah of it all because like they they should know that it's like a false king. It's an alien <laughs> that's not from here. If they know so much, they would know if that. I had a, if I had a fucking quarter for every time you're like, it's not a false king. <laughs> I would be a rich man. <laughs> There's only one true king. That's that's Gojira. You're always talking every time we get into these conversations but, about okay, well, like know, they, life and what's good and whatnot. Who, <laughs> always like it's a false king. And I'm like, God damn it! Have you ever thought of it? Like, have you ever thought about this being just a false king situation? False king. And I'm always like, No, James, I didn't. God damn it, you're right. But these people know so much about like these monsters these titans and she's the one that blows up the ice wall to release king Ghidorah. like she is a the big part of that happening and i feel like just that being a surprise and what happens with with that monster in particular is discussed later on rather than like i don't know it just seems like they know so much about all the other monsters leading up to it um yeah but it's not the full jj abrams of like them constantly moving but there is an element of pace to this that uh that just goes and for the most part i like it it like Mm -hmm. it sets up that first act really really well and it gets you have mothra there you 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 know that you're gonna have possibly a host of monsters and you don't really know or expect exactly how many and they fucking throw monster after titan after titan at you and i fucking dig that love it yeah yeah do you have a favorite one besides godzilla you can can be godzilla no no well godzilla is the i mean you know he's the he's the king oh yeah the king in my (laughs) (laughs) come on come on (laughs) come on come on I mean, I just, I, I, I know, I know it's, it's kind of a basic take, but I do also love Mothra because the way that the movie presents Mothra so often is it is this just enormous, uh, bioluminescent yeah. fan that comes out so and cool. we just are so like, wow, this is so cool that this monster exists. And, um, she has some of the best moments in the movie for sure that, uh and to have a healer you got a healer in the crew now everybody needs a healer as a tank especially i think it's just such (laughs) a fun like especially for like teenagers i think would really connect with this is that they're mothra and godzilla are on the same team so cool and there's like different teams and stuff love that like allegiances and shit and there's like like, there's age-old rivalries between all of them like oh that's so cool it's so sick the way that this movie 
builds up its kaijus, lets you know this is what this historical like uh, mythology is about this, or this is something that is like just explain what the powers and where the origin is and then lets it loose is yeah. really fantastic because mm-hmm. that's what you want. Like you want to just go like, okay, so this monster can do this, that monster can do that. And now they're going to fight. And it just really kind of sets it up like, <laughs> you know, bingo, bango, bongo. Yeah. And where you're like, cool. Okay. I understand what they're going to do. And then they fight against each other and it's in, the locales too as you get some mm-hmm. i mean you know obviously this movie wants its cake again i'm sorry i feel like broken record no. like once it's cake and eat it too where it is setting up the significance of these monsters fighting in cities that causes destruction that really like breaks families apart or is like hurting people and all of that stuff so it like it but then it grows wants- trees after sure <laughs> okay anyway i'm on so i'm perfect. on vera's side <laughs> it's, it's perfect um but yeah i just release you know, the kraken I, but but nonetheless like i just think about there was this video game growing up where it was very similar to this kaiju thing rampage rampage is one of them that's another great example um, but no, I can't remember what it was called, but you get to select these really large monsters and fight in cities with, oh. you know, against each other. Was it an arcade game or was it actually for a console? It was for a console. Oh, that sounds um, cool. I would, I'll, I'll have to look it up later, but that sounds like, kind of familiar. Oh, okay. But your response is what I'm getting at, I guess, is like, it is cool, James. Yeah. It's awesome when big monsters fight each other yeah. in like cities and stuff. And you're like, yeah this is crazy can't fuck that up right yeah you can't fuck that up and that's i think what we what we're getting at or at least what i would like to get at with this movie is is that i do think there are parts of the on the boots on the ground shit that is boring or yeah is is too try hard that's the other thing too because the we haven't talked middle ditch is the other one middle ditch (laughs) i was gonna say can't hang the middle ditch the middle ditch, middle of, ditch it all, of it all, very mid of it all, where I'm like, yeah, mid, yeah, mid old ditch. Yeah, uh, can't hang, man. None of it worked. Like none of the none of his character worked for me at all. I understand though the the skeevy like for his yeah his character. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is the is like makes it almost more glaring. Is is that I understand the need for somebody to explain things going on to a military man as kyle chandler character or whatever but he is just so snarky and non-serious and i've i've seen uh godzilla versus king kong and there's a lot of that in the movie too and Uh that's where this movie has in my mind its problems is like agreed you don't need as many jokes as you're giving us i love that you have jokes in here good it, it would be like you said with the first one so fucking dour if we were just talking about like here's another mass casualty situation with a kaiju fucking stomping through a city and here's thousands of people died and we're just like fuck you know have to deal with that like i do want some levity to it that's why i think actually like o'shea jackson like the way he's he not bad handles 
Yeah, like I thought the way that he handles the like military aspect uh-huh. of it had some level levity to it that was kind of fun. Yeah. Where he's like, this is serious because we need to accomplish this mission, but we're kind of like occasionally isn't isn't this crazy that it's a fucking big monster or whatever Mm -hmm. and it has that really strikes a really great balance between having fun and not being too comedic because that's the thing is like i'm not asking for the movie to be more serious that's Mm -hmm. not the problem it's like if anything be a little less funny or like not play it straight a bit more you know not not so much like yeah like if anything it would just be like you know that whole bit about like it's not funny like there's some stuff in here where i'm like it's just not funny there was a (laughs) moment damn what was the moment between watanabe and jang where it was like a beautiful moment right before he goes oh yeah where he goes away i think it was between them two and then he says something like really heartfelt and she's like, wow, that's beautiful. And, and then it could have just end end scene right there. That's beautiful. Beautiful moment. And he's like, yeah, I read it in a fortune cookie once. It was a really long fortune cookie. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's like oh, t- funny. taking a dump at the end zone. Just right. like pinching a loaf right when you're about to score a touchdown. Uh, you know how that goes. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean, we get into some of the the battles. I mean, I think what one of the the coolest the sound design in in all of these movies is so fucking cool, and it adds such an effect that is even me calling it out. I'm sure there's other even subliminal stuff that just makes you uh, feel a certain way just experiencing it. And seeing the theaters was really really cool when I did. Uh, it was a solo movie movie experience. It was fun. I, it was another situation where I had to bring my car in and just went to the went to the movies and and caught one by, on my own. And the the sounds of him mixed with the light of his spikes, uh, the blue light underwater, mm. is a great you know yeah Jurassic Park almost like slow down and and have the pulse of the water or something and know that something looming is is coming and you're about and you know kind of eye of the storm about to get into some some shit and uh and that's what Ghidorah popping out of the ice of course is a, that's a great set piece as well um and I think the design of of the dragon the director mentioned it's very meant to be uh, more of an eastern obviously version of a of how a dragon's depicted um mm-hmm. rather than like a western you know kind of uh, maybe a medieval one or something where it's very very, very similar to the dragon in uh zelda tears of the kingdom there are these mm, uh, yeah three-headed like some whiskers that are yeah very very similar i also like a hydra that, uh when Ghidra travels, it's a thunderstorm wherever it goes. So I think that's cool. A, so cool, you know, because they talk, you know, obviously the, you know, we've kind of commented on how silly at very much at times the way information about things is presented because it's on like these screens and these like weird <laughs> like underground bases or like a moving. <laughs> Uh, like uh, Monarch air. Outpost point one seven three. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Underground oil bunker. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but I, you know what? As a like a, and I think of this almost appeals to me like as a gamer, and I just experienced this too in Starfield, where 
you go from the surface to this underground mine and there are so many moments that it just yeah in this movie again appeals to like maybe like a male sensibility or like a gamer sensibility where like all the bases are really cool yeah you know they're huge in these caverns Mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of people the big wall of yeah the ice with you can see you can see the three-headed dragon yeah it's just such a this really yeah shows off the scale too like you're saying yeah absolutely the scale in this movie is really well done you always feel like the majesty of a huge creature is put on display often because there are time and time again shots of this massive monster in relation to the person on the ground that's mm-hmm. experiencing their like awakening or whatever. And, um, and it'll do, do yeah, it. that crash scene where it'll, it'll be out and then it'll go quick in. And that's just like, yeah, I feel like a quick establishment of scale to a close up. Mm-hmm. Um, right. it's an interesting effect. Uh, yeah. More recent one, even stuff like succession and, and stuff, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, but yeah, the middle ditch, not, not great. Um, but yeah, the lit up Godzilla and then the, the, the Gadir fight is, is fucking dope. Um, the Rodan fight is sick too. Rodan is like the Moltres to Gadira's sap uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know if there's a snow one. I don't know if they have oh, the snow. They have the... Good lord, was that a great way to do say that. <laughs> when it was like oh. fine, I was like, oh, it's Moltres. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's Zapdos. God, the devastation oh. upon that village is is fucked God, up, but it just looks so, so much about like the the uh, the abilities yeah. of it is is put on display in such a cool way. Even though, like, I'm not a big like disaster porn movie guy, and seeing all the oh, death sure. and destruction and all that stuff, you know, typically gets me just like not really in, yeah, the, in the best mood or just like ah uh, yeah, yeah yeah bored or whatever it. and. And that just quick flyover was just like, fuck. It was like Pompeii level, just devastation on the ground of just the wing. Rodan comes out of a volcano too, right? It's so so sick. Huge, just like takes over that mountain. Molten firebird. And then there's, yeah, they're like, and then then Rodan comes in. It's like, yeah, yeah, totally. And then you're like, well, you think he's going to fight Godzilla? It's like, no, but yeah. Like Rodan like fights Kadira and then fucking and then they all it's fight like, each other yeah. and then they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a thunderstorm and a flame straw. Come on. This movie's tight. <laughs> Godzilla's kind of the water kaiju, I guess. Yeah, man. It's it's but elemental. He's like the lightning kaiju too. He can and do then it all. He's the, he's the avatar. Oh, oh, long live the king and long life. live the king. <laughs> Dude. Uh, oh, so they, is there anything else you want to talk about? I, we can, yeah, we can uh, barrel barrel on through. I'm I'm trying to think if yeah. there's a. Uh, I mean, there's the Mothra sacrifice. I thought was was heartfelt, yeah. but there's a point in this movie where it gets to the final big battle between everybody. Where I just I put my notes down and just enjoyed the show and watch and Dude, enjoyed totally. the battles and everything. Um, like uh, Godzilla is like nuclear like it's he is this nuclear bomb. That part the is Ken great. Watanabe has to like revive godzilla because the oxygen mm-hmm. missile like okay let's let, okay we mentioned it maybe off mic before we got on but let's talk about this oxygen 
nuke that comes out of nowhere i'm like what the f-? And really then, quick and they're like oh it's already on its way i already fired it he pulled the awesome and dias he's like oh no no we gotta get out he's like ah too late you no, think dude, i'd wait too late. <laughs> yeah like who the fuck are you people and you're like right who is this organization in comparison to the broader whole you're like i don't i don't know why like are they talking to the president like there's just it sucks so all that oxygen out in it, and they just fucking kill Godzilla, and then they have to spend the, the next part. The, they put him out of commission. And they have to spend the next part of the movie bringing him back, which I just think is funny. Is like part of the movie is just rectifying a mistake that just happened in the movie. It happens a it lot. Almost- it almost feels too like when you take your like in a sports movie when you take your your best player gets like <laughs> injured or whatever and you have to bring him on the bench and then it's this whole like like in Rocky where the the guy at the corner is just like come on Rock you gotta get back up you gotta come on get that's back good up, one Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> good one he's that guy but instead he kills himself <laughs> that's fucking great I love that <laughs> come on come on Gojira don't give up now Come on, go to your own. <laughs> you gotta cut me you gotta cut me i was like enthralled the whole time. it was so funny because like there's again like the stuff with millie bobby i i know we talked about how good of an actress she is and like i love again the if america i love uh charles dance but like all of that stuff is kind of a fucking drag and then it's the stuff when it's like ken watanabe when it was sally hawkins like we're trying to figure out these monsters we're trying to get them on our side like all of that stuff really works for me and it's when you get into the like yeah the emotional weight of this movie really is mid yeah. you know because some of the cow channels are like my, the end of my seat with the ken wananabi stuff like yeah it's like okay we gotta revive godzilla or gojira is how mm-hmm. he would say it, which i love the fact that we this movie gives you both because there i feel like there was like this online discourse about how like well the japanese pronunciation of godzilla is this and we you get godzilla and Gojira in the same fucking movie i think it's just so fun that they were able to accomplish that in a way that totally made sense because like yeah ken watanami would say that um yeah i love like that stuff works the kyle chandler stuff was okay it was okay at parts of him you know just being like seeing red and just like i have to get my daughter back nothing else matters um but it does fall flat for me and those characters do ring a little hollow when he's i don't know you gotta you gotta make do with what you can and you gotta save the world and everything but when the vera kind of just like i'm here to help now and we're gonna figure this out i'm just kind of like get lost uh or like jang says that bitch Um, Uh uh-huh during the the ending of the PowerPoint, which I mean, if if there's just one part about that too, that is like one of the most like clunkiest like exposition like turns of a character into evil uh, that I've ever seen, and and I think that's part of the reason why it doesn't follow through as much. It's it is fun and campy to have a character proclaim like we need a new world order of monsters. <laughs> I'm like, cool. But it's just something like she's too good of an actress. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's I like, know. I need, I, so, I need someone else. That's just like, you're silly playing and just this like, with sincerity. And I yeah. want you to be way sillier. I believe this. everything she's saying, but I want it to be more just like, 
Wallace Shawn and Southland Tales or <laughs> Liquid Karma. Liquid Karma. I want Kyle Chandler to be married to Wallace Shawn and for them to play yeah. play his his wife. Inconceivable. Uh, uh, but I do agree Ken Wanabe and, and his follow through and, and his character, I think, was was played well. Um, final battle fucking cool with the atom bomb and getting fire powers. And, and like the last one, he got power, powered up in a way to and shot fire down the the one of the monsters gullets and shooting it through the gullet out through the mouth the other way. I thought that was a cool effect, too. It's just so badass. Mm-hmm. Looked like a noodle that uh that King Gadira or whatever. Um, but I'm just looking at any of my other notes here. It looked like a fucking noodle. <laughs> as, as such as life where, you know, you just consume a noodle and it blows out the back of you. Oh, that's not how you do it. You know, you don't blow. You suck. Oh, my bad. I thought I'm doing it wrong. Let's see. Okay. So bear kisses. We're both bear doing, we're both doing it wrong. <laughs> uh let's see oh watanabe always willing to get advice oh yeah in the first movie and the second movie both and especially this one there's a lot like kyle chandler walks in he's like no that's not what we're supposed to do this is what we're supposed to do and you guys are all reading it wrong ken watanabe has that just look and he's just like tell us what to do you're absolutely right and you should what should we do next and he just asks kyle chandler for advice and he follows everything he does and brian cranston kind of is that in the first movie where he's like is that what you're getting (laughs) No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, is that we what? <laughs> He's like, it just it follows everything he does, no matter if he believes in it or not. <laughs> no, if anything, I was just like, no, I didn't mean I was just more no, I'm just I was just more <laughs> I was imp- I was kind of impressed. I was like, wow, this character is heeding other characters' advice that might know more about the topic, and he's qu- very quickly able to recognize someone who might know better and bring them along because he brought brian cranston along and aaron taylor johnson Mm -hmm. and was like asking them a lot of questions and they've kind of been these like characters in the background that approach people and just like you know like what's going on like seeing these monsters and collecting Uh, data and all that stuff and i i kind of like that background scientist thing where they're just collecting all the all the data and just and taking it all in but I think in oh, this one more like, so he was a little yeah. bitch in this one. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bitch. Uh, whatever you say, I, Kyle Chandler, whatever you uh, say. <laughs> uh, they said they got a fuck in here. I thought that was cool for a PG-13 movie. Like, get a fuck in there. Why not? Yeah. Um, O'Shea's, I think, says you got to be fucking kidding me. Hell yeah. Um, uh, classic Godzilla roar at a time. I like that. Like when he like mm-hmm. gets thrown into the crevasse uh Godzilla and man character get knocked out at the same time like last movie <laughs> that happened last Godzilla gets knocked out and Aaron Taylor Johnson gets knocked out and they both like go to sleepy bye <laughs> at the same time <laughs> there was a moment in this movie that MBB screams back at Gadira yeah like, so I was saying earlier yeah I was like that yeah, yeah to, like just stare at a fucking green screen and just be like ah! yeah! <laughs> reminding me of Brendan Fraser and the mummy I'm just like well, I can do it too. Bah. Uh, what? I don't even. What else we got here? PowerPoint, huh? Oh, she's almost kind of like Ozymandias too. Just kind of like I'm going to bring the world together by bringing in this outside force that will unite humanity. Um, total Ozymandias. Kyle Chandler asks what it's called, and he's like, "Oh, it's called Radon," and immediately is calls it 
Turk uh, Big Bird. <laughs> yeah. He like asks, they tell him, and he's like, nah, I'm not calling it that. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking, that. Yeah. Oh, what's, that this, lame. what's this Big Bird about? That's what nerds say. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else calls it like a turkey. They're all just, and then and that. I was the coach at Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't take no guff. <laughs> The guy from Billy Madison calls it like the calls it uh fucking Mo the oh, Three God. Stooges, Mo Curly and, uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and does a gonorrhea joke. I don't know. It's stuff is rough. Some of these some of these are rough. There's like yeah, I just wrote He says that he says that bitch is right at a point which really stood out to me. I'm like, good lord, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, some of the Michael Bay <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I record everything, man. There's, yeah. Um, oh, somebody, somebody said you're a monster, which I was like, ooh, double meaning. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was very on the nose, but it was good because <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown's a good, good, good little actress. <laughs> but uh, she said that to her mom, like when all these yeah, monsters like, are being released and they're looking at all the destruction, she looks right in her soul and it's like. You're the monster. Not all them. You. Uh, You're the monster. And I'm talking about Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, (laughs) Ghidra. (laughs) What are are the other ones? Oh, fuck. I wish I wrote all of them. Because there's a couple more, right? There's the mammoth guy and the one from the last. There's like another one from the the last movie. Another uh, another version. And then, like, there's like a spider guy. And what was the hint to King Tom? Uh, they, I mean, they mentioned Skull King Island Tom multiple there? times, and then, uh, yeah, there's like uh-huh. there's some Skull Island discussion because that movie takes place in like the '70s, so they've kind of known about that. <laughs> and he's been he's been just been bulking up, getting ready for this battle uh, since the '70s. <laughs> just just lifting weights. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> just <laughs> getting big ripped. barrels, Donkey Kong style, trying to get that plumber. <laughs> that pesky plumber. Um they also men- they also mentioned too a huge concept in the Godzilla versus King Kong movie, which is the uh like there's a middle earth like not middle earth from oh yeah uh, Lord of the Rings. Like an under earth. Like there's a, there's like an it on Earth. <laughs> Which is there's middle, there's over, there's under. Insane. <laughs> that is in an insane concept to think about. That's that what he said. He's like, I told you, Jan, I told you there was an under earth. <laughs> <laughs> there's in the craziest thing is when you see it in the movie for King Kong versus Godzilla, there's like a whole sky, like a sky. Oh, yeah, that part's it. cool, whole, you know. Um, and you're like, so this entire thing exists inside the earth is. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool because it's a place for these guys to just fight and duke it out. <laughs> Let's get. Yeah. <laughs> round one. <laughs> and then you get round three you get inside <laughs> the earth. Round one is in San Francisco. Round three. Under <laughs> earth. <laughs> fight. Under. Earth. Uh, yeah, let's see anything else I got here. Let them fight is a thing. Oh yeah, because he says let them fight. And, you know, um, we don't need to talk about that. There's a lot of monsters that see tiny people. Yeah, has he been working out? Uh, um, Ugh. just starts yelling her name. Oh yeah, he like gets off the plane and it's like there's a whole I monster would... ba- battle going on. He just starts screaming her name. <laughs> just like, ah! <laughs> like she's not gonna hear you. There's like a whole monster. He's like, ah! no. Where are you? <laughs> She's like, oh, Billy! <laughs> Billy! Billy! 
Uh, I yeah. wrote that the oxygen destroyer has a two mile radius. And then I yes. just thought to myself, that's not long enough. That's definitely not long enough. It, it like, shows the it. size of Godzilla would be at least a couple miles, like way beyond two. Right. Uh, like if you were to think about it, like some, a, a monster that is as big as a skyscraper and its tail goes past it. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's easily like four or five miles. I don't know. Okay. Oh, well, two mile radius. I thought it seemed, uh, I was like, doesn't seem like enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially put two <laughs> monsters in it. <laughs> I was like, and then, yeah, it just doesn't seem like enough. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for, <laughs> uh, for 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 oxygen for oxygen missiles, I'm not. Hey, I'm we're, not, I'm not know, we're not with, we're not kaiju uh... experts on this pod. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm throwing out some you know really specific kaiju questions, and you know what? That's not what this pod's about. I would love to see the scale of yeah, multi multi hundred hundred mile dinosaur <laughs> it's a hundred mile dinosaur oh, god because <laughs> i mean the miles that's, that's pretty big um there's a part at the end or like all the news clippings those are a lot of easter eggs all coming up like epilogue shit during the during the credits um one of the things is that titan poop is a viable energy source Oh, it's one of the news articles I saw. I thought that was pretty fun. Makes sense with some radiation in that in the doo doo. You maybe uh, could could burn it and uh, light your radiator. Uh, <laughs> let's check out what those pesky critics got to say about things. Um, Before we do that, can we take a break? Yes, break time. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are going to start talking about some reactions from the critics here. And on the negative side of things, the 42% side of things, let's start with Empire with a 20. Not sure who wrote it. Let's, uh, it's from Empire. They say <laughs> globe trotting, but not adventurous. Action packed, but not remotely exciting. Utterly overstuffed and completely paper thin. Nuke it from orbit. Wow. Nuke it from this, this is orbit. the stuff where yeah. Let's move on to the observer and another 20. The ugly visual effects are outdone only by the sound design, which is relentlessly loud and thunderingly tedious. The verbal exchanges between the humans are devoid of wit. And barely functional in communicating the story by Simran mm. Hans. What else we got here? Let's try Screen Crush by Matt Singer. A 30. Godzilla King of the Monsters is a narr- is as narratively incomprehensible as it is visually, with an even more talented roster of overqualified actors tasked with the with carrying the film's insipid story and trying to make their characters' bizarre decisions seem halfway plausible. Yeah. From LA yeah. Times, yeah. Katie Walsh with a 40. Amazingly, somehow, an overstuffed Godzilla movie feels scant. Mmm. There's a lot of contradictory sort of language from these critics. So like it's, it's big, but small. It's, (laughs) it's wide, but thin. (laughs) I can see why. From Peter Travers, a 40 on the Rolling Stone. 
The chance to see giant monsters go ape shit? A few more are added near the end is almost worth the price of admission. Seeing, however, is part of the problem. Godzilla King of the Monsters is often so lost in the shadows of digital muck that it makes the squinting chaos of the Battle of Winterfell and Game of Thrones look like a light show. Wow. Zing. Topical for the time of 2019. Wow, that's why he does what he does. How about that Battle of Winterfell, am I right? You can see anything. Who came out that was like, you should get a better TV? It was one of those situations. One of the Benioff or the or the Weisses? Can't, <laughs> can't remember, but yeah. It was like, well, because your TV sucks. And you're like, are you fucking kidding? Like, what are you talking about? That's yeah. how you're going to... Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's all of you people <laughs> versus me. We're uh, perfect. We'll do another one from The Guardian with a 40... Uh, Benjamin Lee says it's a film with too much yet somehow so very little. So I don't know. Everyone's still still right. kind of polarized against themselves about like this movie's a walking contradiction. Um just like me, Brandon. Oh, stop. <laughs> you dirty dog. Uh let's do some audience reviews. A five star from Amazon from uh <laughs> Sam's review. Let's check it out. Bear with me. It's a little little much, but it's fun. My complaints and concerns are mainly directed at producers. Stop hiding the monster fights in smoke, darkness, clouds, foggy haze, or behind the military ospreys. This was the primary complaint in the last Godzilla movie. You'd think the producers would have learned that lesson by now. This is why this movie did not make a lot of money at the American box offices, because fans are a little raw about that. Try that, try that again in King Kong and see what happens to your bottom line. I see they fixed they fixed Godzilla's feet once again. At least they got that part right. Mothra died a little too soon, guys. Really? I'm old school. Grew up with Godzilla all throughout the 80s. So why in the hell is there a giant woolly mammoth in this movie? Because there are no woolly mammoth in the Godzilla <laughs> family of monsters when I was growing up. Stop screwing up these movies, guys. If the producers were smart... They would have included three of the giant praying mantis from Son of Godzilla. Remember those guys? Now that would have been epic. Instead of a freaking woolly mammoth that had nothing to do with anything. There was too much unnecessary human dialogue. Focus on the monsters. I got really tired of the little know-it-all teenage girl drama. This is not days of our lives. Miss me with that next time, guys, and stay focused on the monster's backstories. To all writers and producers, don't even screw up Godzilla vs. King Kong. Take notes from all the critical reviews and make the necessary corrections. Otherwise, you guys killed it. Congratulations (laughs) on an amazing movie. (laughs) But fix all the problems. Listen to the fans. The facts. Wow. Then there's a list of facts. (laughs) <laughs> One, running time, approximately two hours, 15 minutes. Two, sound, DTS 5.1 and Atmos. Three, oh. picture, widescreen. Four, wow. filled, filled with action, suspense, and drama. Almost cool. ep- almost epic. Oh, number oh. five. Wanted it to be epic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but damn, okay. Number five, explains backstory <laughs> very well. Ooh, good, good, good. Number six, producers try to hide like monster fights again. Oh, <laughs> Seven, not enough focus on monsters. 
Eight, I know. too much unnecessary human dialogue. Nine, movie was intense. Did you want the backstory or did you not want it? I don't know. Just the monsters. Who gives a fuck about people? <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, movie was intense and good, but dropped the ball in some areas. Number 10, recommended purchase oh. on Blu-ray. Must have classic. Thank you. Hope this helps. <laughs> I mean. Five stars. Five stars. Wow, cool. Um, I'm going to do like one or two more. I know that one yeah. was a lot, but there's some Godzilla nerds are fun. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a good time. Uh, from Audrey, Audrey, five stars titled great monster action and special effects. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Good fun and well done special effects. I don't watch Godzilla movies for the acting or the great writing. I watch Godzilla movies because I like Godzilla and all the campiness of the franchise. This movie delivers Godzilla and the other monsters beautifully, and I thought really well. I especially enjoy the majestic and Earth goddess-like portrayal of Mathera. Didn't see that coming, and it was a nice surprise. Rodan made an appearance, too, and I enjoyed in those scenes as well. All in all, this reminded me of the style of Starship Troopers, which I also really enjoyed because of the corn and great bug monsters. Good fun, not serious. Godzilla at his slash her best. Taking out the alien trash. It is definitely worth the rental and perhaps even the few extra butts, bucks, butts, bucks. <laughs> Got my mind on butts, Brandon, sorry. A few extra bucks to put a permanent DVD copy in the video library. For all you people, people having a stroke about the anti-Christian theme, seriously? The understory is about taking care of the earth and has nothing to do with organized religion. Maybe you can buy a clue at Amazon.com. Oh, <laughs> and get, with Amazon Prime, get a clue. Damn. That was like an atom bomb from Godzilla in the movie. Just like, oh, man, he's going to blow and then just put a zinger. All right. I'm going to do one more because this one's kind of a trip. That was good. And there's probably more out there. I'd, anytime you're bored, it's it's not a it's not bad to to check in on some reviews of things because people sometimes will just really let it out. This person, Fenex 1200. Five stars. <clears throat> Godzilla wipes out Monster Zero and the Liberals. Oh, okay. If you are a true Godzilla fan, and I have been a fan since the 1970s, you will enjoy this movie with such stars in the Godzilla universe as Mothra, Monster Zero, Rodan, T Titanus, Behemoth, Muto 3, and others as they battle Monster Zero, King Ghidorah, with alien origins for supremacy of the planet. The plot is apropos for today's political climate. The world is being destroyed by nasty conservative Whoa. humans and a liberal scientist hatches to plot to hatches a plot to destroy most of the world's population by unleashing the Godzilla universe monsters, which are placed in secure bunkers around the world, hidden from the population by a secret organization called Monarchs, So the liberals can reappear from under their hiding places and repopulate the world. I thought Ted Kaczynski was going to make an appearance. <laughs> of course, this line of thinking is insane, just like the liberal mind. And it takes a group of hardworking scientists, military experts, and good old-fashioned ingenuity to quell the disaster that has already killed millions of people and destroyed trillions in infrastructure and pits Godzilla against Ghidorah for supremacy of the planet. I won't spoil the ending, but the best line of the movie is when Dr. Chen calls Dr. Russell that bitch 
as Dr. Russell was detailing why she wanted the world destroyed by calling humans nasty parasites. With the monster universe represent, representing the only means to remove humans, the Earth's immune system rejecting humans. She gets it in the end. After the near disaster of wiping out the entire planet, of course, just like modern movies, there are tons of CGI, military hardware, and entire cities being destroyed by these monsters. It won't disappoint those who love CGI. The tone is one of immediacy, and let's try one last thing to kill these monsters. And we finally see humans get it together and help Godzilla kill King Ghidorah. Now the world must clean up after the meltdown of one liberal scientist. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We watched this movie wrong, Brandon. <laughs> I had no idea. I get it now. The cultural ramifications of this film. I get I mean, it. I, this is, it was just laid out that there is, we're talking, this movie is not just a movie. It is a no. cultural battleground. <laughs> that is not just filled with kaijus, but it's filled with liberals agenda <laughs> <laughs> and they're ruining for no all the rest of us uh, i had zero idea i yep. was watching a true patriot godzilla <laughs> <laughs> thank god for the military and the ingenuity of 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 the, of, of, of a love and american values <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> god wow i don't know man Makes me proud. Um, I, mean, I mean, long live the king, am I long right? Long live the king! <laughs> what is there to say? Uh, I'm ready to give our final thoughts and, and move, move on. Uh, what do you think? And you want to go? No, you go first. Please. Entree? Moi? Uh, I will say that this movie, like I, was, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, a successful franchise that is kind of like, unassumedly for me, done really well at being consistent and having complete stories told within each of the feature films uh, that borrow and, and take from the others um, kind of in a way like Marvel does as far as like, Oh, this superhero showed up. Oh, King Kong is going to show up in this one. And, and they've been working towards it. Maybe like a, a Captain America versus Iron Man or something uh, civil war or whatever. I don't know why I'm making this com comparison. It's just interesting to, to see a, a franchise and a universe start at the time that it did and take notes clearly. I feel like from, from that and, and do it in a way that uh, is taking a lot of big things and stuff that has been around in a while. Like Godzilla has been around for so long and there's so many, so many fans that want it to be done a certain way. And I'm, I'm, impre I'm impressed with the franchise to do uh, a job. Well, like well enough where the first one is different enough from this one, but they're all good for different reasons. And, and Godzilla vs. Kong is just like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool. They're fucking battling each other. Like, and I think this one does course correct from the first one in my mind. And it does try to instill humor and in it and more action. And you get to see the monsters more and there are more monsters. And it doesn't mean I will, like the first one less i like both of them for different reasons but i'm really happy that this one exists and it was fun watching it for a second time and just kind of being blown away that 
there are so many battles and there are and they mix up not just Godzilla versus some, but you get the uh, Rodan versus King Ghadira and all that stuff. And they've done in, they're done in interesting locales, um, but you kind of have to be OK with it. Yeah. Being a big spectacle. Uh, the characters themselves are clunkily clunkily uh, written <laughs> uh, concerning like the villain and the whole plan and why certain things need to happen uh, as far as like her her decision making and her follow through at the end of, of her character for for Vera Famiga. Uh, but luckily, that really is just holding up the ability to have these these battles and kind of have the humans be there to see it <laughs> um, and look at it <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's badass it's a badass movie the effect the effects are all there in the screen the money's there all there on the screen um i can understand why it's not for everybody i can understand why this is polarizing and it is less of a movie like other ones we've done where it's like what the what is their problem like why don't they get it it's like yeah i don't know maybe it's not everyone's thing like a big monster movie where it's they're kind of saying some stupid stuff and there's big loud action scenes and it's almost two and a half hours long. It's it's a it's a big thing to to take in, and it's maybe not everyone's cup of tea. But if you're looking for spectacle and a globe trotting monster movie, uh, I think it I think it fills the bill for for a lot of reasons uh, that you would want in a fucking Godzilla King of Mon- King of the Monsters movie. I was having a hard time deciding which one I liked better, like between the first and the second, just watching well, them recently. Oh, really? Such a glowing review. I just, I'm so curious about your. Me too. Story, <laughs> I've been having a hard like, time. God, I just, I like love that. Yeah. I just, okay. It's not going to be, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. And it's, it's not going to be above sure. and beyond because yeah, the, the characters and it is, it is a little big and I like the characterization in the first one a lot better for different reasons. It is. It, yeah. The alien alien thing almost is a good comparison of like, they are good for different reasons. Um, for me, I'm thinking a, a strong 70, like a, a, like a high 70 sounds good for me. Uh, do like a 77. Fuck. Yeah. 77 feels good. It's like, absolutely. I would, and I would watch it again, even too. I it's, it's, uh, it's fun, and I would recommend it overall. I agree. So, this movie falls in wonderful company, in my mind, of a couple films like The Two Towers. Wow. Well, Dead 2. Wow. Spider-Man 2. Wow. Just in the pantheon of Rush Hour 2. Wow. Pantheon of... The second movie being the one that really just knocks it out of the park. It gets it gets its job done. It 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 just comes to play. It's like okay, so we got some of the housekeeping out of the way. Now we can just get to what. We want to do. Yeah. And so just like what we talked about with Rush Hour Two is like Rush Hour One's amazing, but it is so fun to be at a point in their relationship in rush hour two where we know that we the introductions are done let's just get to what everybody was here for and this movie does that yeah uh the story of charles dance 
Via America kind of is poopy. And I understand why the critics by and large don't like this movie because the emotional core or the humanity that ties you as a human to the, you know, to the movie mid big time mid um middle ditch but all the yeah there you go thank you that's what it was middle ditch um get it but ultimately this is a bunch of really fucking cool monsters battling each other and that is super cool that's super dope super cool and yeah and like you know what Pretty much fucking rips is what I kind of want to say. Oh <laughs> yeah. <And> so <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie. So originally, when I was going into this, I was gonna give it a 75, but I would much rather, because of the way that you describe this movie too, is that I think we oh. both feel the same way about it. Yeah. And I think that we should have the same score. Four sevens. Add two more to them. Hell yeah. We were like at the lottery. Or like the slats, the slats would be set. Add another, add another seven to the to the three. I love it. This is a. Uh, it's hard to be mad at this movie. It's it's no, so fun yeah. and it doesn't. Why? It just goes, man. It just and it's movie. it's thoroughly entertaining for a two and a half hour thing. Like, and it, it's the way I think that first twenty minutes is such a great job too of laying whatever groundwork that you. Not even sure if you, you are remember in the first one or whatever. Yeah, yep. you're all fucking. Let's go. Monsters Let's are waking go. up. Let's, yeah, yeah, buddy. The 17, that was such an interesting number to me. I want to see whatever, if there's a list of all the 17 Titans or if that is like meaningful in like the past Godzilla movies, like he actually has like 17 different monsters. I mean, or uh, something. Oh, you know what though? So I was thinking about this on our break is like all of those monsters, however many they may be, if they relatively stick into the pocket of this and Godzilla versus King Kong make 17 movies. Like let's, let's, yeah, do I was going to say, you know, um, they are making maybe not 17. Like you like bundle them a little bit, uh-huh. but you know what I mean? They are making a television series. Uh, I, I would think you, I almost forgot to mention it is called Monarch legacy of monsters, an upcoming American television series created by Chris black and developed by, for uh, Apple TV Plus, what is the premise? Though I'm, I'm curious because I think the trailer just recently dropped. No, after the battle, the uh, set after the battle between Godzilla and the Titans, oh. revealing that monsters are real, True. follows one family's journey to uncover its buried yeah. secrets and legacy, linking them to Monarch. Yeah. So it is after uh, Kong and King of Monsters. It's got both of the Russells, Wyatt and Kurt. Isn't that cool? Whoa, Kurt and oh. Kurt and Wyatt together. Wow, it's fucking cool. It's okay. I mean, the premise of the show sounds poopy. I do not care for that premise, but comes out in November. We shall see. It's. I mean, they're they're pushing the world. They're uh, they're taking it to TV land. So not yeah, not. The I mean, work, to the point that you're making is is that I think this establishes a formula. That is like, I, it's a formula that I'm on board with. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would give it a, a positive, the positive mm-hmm. score that I did give it is because um, what the structure of this movie, yes, certain things could change about it or get better, but the structure of it is good and solid. And I, yeah, I'm probably going to check out the show fun. too. 
yeah i've enjoyed it enough that like i'll give it a shot see see what's up um until next time we will be doing another film that will not be a sequel we've wrapped that up Throwing away the close the book. We close the close summer the, book. I know, the, which is the summer tough. sequel book. I don't want summer to end, mm-hmm. but it has to. And you know what? I think this is going to be a good. This is going to be cathartic. It's going yeah. to be a transition. Maybe we can do like summer threequels next next summer or something like that. It can be fun. Yeah. Um. This Look forward to the next summer. Oh, you always do. <laughs> summer summer brandini. I'm the uh, summer brandini. The the next movie feels kind of kind of autumn fall y a little bit. Uh, we are we will be doing where the crawdads sing from twenty twenty two. It is very polarizing, extremely polarizing. Fits perfectly for our podcast. It's great. Uh, it's unfortunate when people disagree, but it works for us. We just feast off the the vitriol. Um, <laughs> critics gave it thirty five percent. Audience gave it a 96 spicy nineties. We hope to see you uh, hear you. We hope you hear us next time. Um, I I could read the premise. No, you guys have probably heard of it. (laughs) Where the crowd, (laughs) where the crowd ads sing. If not, you know, check it out. We're going to be talking about it. Uh, We love you all. If you want to catch us live, we're on twitch.tv slash polarized pod. Uh, you can send us an email at polarizethepod at gmail.com. Uh, have I uh, missed anything else, Brandina? I have to tell you, it's been a true pleasure sharing oh, this I... monster battle discussion with you. And I'm glad there was a moment where we just evolved into. <laughs> Shield activated. <laughs> Bomb. Detonates. He's gaining too much energy. Farming. He's going to explode. <laughs> oh, I want him to explode. Yeah. Godzilla explode. Explode, Godzilla. But it's like a nuclear bomb going off. Do it anyway. They evacuated the city. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Even though the city will never be able to be inhabitable for decades. No, the trees will grow back. It'll be great. <laughs> Mothra rules. Mothra man. rules. Hell yeah, dude. I've had a good time on this app as well because this movie is fun. This podcast is fun. I had a good time. Yeah, every time. Every time. And we'll see you next time. We love you. We love you, Bob. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. We love you. Oh, I think I love you. Is that Godzilla is 550 feet and four inches. They feed her a mile. Isn't like 5,280 or something? Oh, it's 5,000 feet. Yeah, 5,280. Wow, that seemed big. <laughs> like a multi mile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, <laughs> I don't know, just... <laughs>